Hey everybody, it's Chris Campbell, and on behalf of Atalanta, welcome back to Meet the Maker, the podcast where we talk all about the great products Atalanta imports. This episode is a special one, as we welcome back to Medici Executive Vice President Steve Kaufman to the show. We're going to be going down the rabbit hole on different types of balsamic. And trust me when I tell you, there's much more to learn about this product category than you probably think. But before we get started, I just wanted to remind our listeners to follow us on your platform of choice. We're available on YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple, so make sure to subscribe so that you don't miss another episode. So, with that all said, welcome back to the show, Steve. Can you reintroduce yourself for those who may not be familiar? I'm Steve Kaufman, and I'm with Atalanta Corporation, and I'm in charge of the De Medici Imports Division. We import and distribute uh, balsamic vinegars, uh, as well as a number of other items. All right, so let's talk balsamic. And to start, I really think it'd be important to specify what a balsamic vinegar is. I think there's a lot of confusion in the U.S. just because the uh, labeling requirements aren't exactly the same for the type of product you're talking about. So I think we could start at that high level just to give the U.S. consumer a better idea of what kind of product we're actually talking about here. Whew, I wish you didn't ask me that question. There is there's a lot of confusion, and I think the best way to say what a balsamic vinegar is, I can give a, a one sentence. Uh, it's a concentrated, syrupy, deep, dark brown, glossy liquid that tastes wonderful. It's sweet and sour and velvety, uh, nuances of vanilla and various uh, woods that it's aged in. But that's not the real story. That's sort of telling you what it tastes like. And in order to really know what balsamic vinegar is, we need to know a little bit about the history. And if you're patient with me, I'll try to go through 2000 years quickly. So I think this could be really interesting, Steve. Maybe we could start off by talking a little bit about the different categories of balsamic vinegar that actually exist. And maybe we could start off with the one that the US consumer is most familiar with. The most common group of items on the shelves today in the store is a category called balsamic vinegar of Mogna. IGP. It's, this, it's simple to look at these categories as really good, better, and best, and other. Uh, and I'll explain that a little bit later. Uh, but to answer your question, balsamic vinegar of Modena is the category most seen in stores today. All prices, all ranges, all size bottles from a few dollars up to $50. And let's talk about some of those other products too then. What would be the next step up after that? The category of the thing is based on its traditional balsamic vinegar of Modena. And that uh, has its origins a thousand, two thousand years ago. And it is, um, comes from an area, Reggio Emilia, that uh, 2000 years ago, they had no sweeteners. So really uh, there's no sugar plants, there's no beetroots. So they use grapes and they would cut up the grapes and they would boil them down to a syrupy liquid. And eventually that uh, syrupy liquid, which they call saba, somehow turned to vinegar and hence was the beginning of balsamic vinegar. And over many years, uh, people tried to define how this was done, how to make a better product. But uh, balsamic vinegar at that time, and it may not have been called balsamic vinegar, was only in the wealthy homes with the arist aristocratic families made for their own use and rather an isolated industry at best, but certainly not outside of the area. And it wasn't until the mid 1850s that was ever a recipe written on how to produce balsamic vinegar. Uh, now this category traditional is controlled by 
the, the two consortiums, uh, balsamic vinegar, uh, traditional balsamic vinegar of Modena and traditional balsamic vinegar of Reggio Emilia, each have a consortium to control that, uh, that group. Um, um, and they oversee how it's produced, how it's aged, how it's tested, and all of that to assure that the bottling is the right liquid. And, and that's what everything is based on that item. And that's a product that is aged for a minimum of 12 years or over 25 years. And that's a very expensive item. It's not in all homes. No balsamic vinegars were in the US until 1970 when Chuck Williams first brought the first uh, balsamic vinegar into his store in Williams Sonoma. So that's the traditional what everything is based on. They're very small uh, designer bottles. Inverted tulip is one of the forms. And it is usually under lock and key in a store because it's a very expensive item. So based on that traditional category as the best, uh, the better or next group coming down the scale would be our condiment group. And condiment is actually the same product, just not aged in the same way, in same manner not aged for 12 or 25 years, not aged in a series of barrels uh, from large to small over that period of time. It's a product that's made out of the pure grape must and aged in barrels, but just not aged the same manner or for the same amount of time. And many of the traditional balsamic vinegar producers also produce a condiment. In our case, we, we have a condiment, a few items from Cavalli uh, is our brand, and it's just not aged as long, not in the same manner, and it's aged in conditioned rooms for anywhere from one and a half to five years. So that's what we would call the condiment quality. That's just not a traditional aged long enough and in the same manner. So the top would be traditional, then you have condiment, and below that you have the balsamic vinegar of Modena category. And then there's another category uh, below that, which are creams and dressings. And that's product that has a lot of uh, uh, things added to it, like thickeners and sweeteners and coloring. And that's more of like a finishing product. And I guess, Steve, taking a look at these products, you know, we have the four categories. Are they used for the same kind of purpose? You know, are they used as a dressing? Are they used over salads? Or are there different kinds of use cases for each of these different categories? In the traditional balsamic vinegar, uh, traditional balsamic vinegar, they're very expensive items. And one of their characteristics is that if you use them with heat, in other words, it's cooked, if it's cooked into the item you're making, it will turn bitter and ruin the whole product. So that's an item that's used for finishing. Um, just a few drops are used at a time. Uh, because it's very expensive, you don't use that too much as an ingredient, more of a finishing of a fine item. The condiment is a more reasonably priced item, and that can be used as a topping, as an ingredient, um, just poured over uh, plain tomatoes, um, and it can be used and also take heat to it. The third category, balsamic vinegar of Modena, that's a category that is not just balsamic vinegar, but it has wine vinegar added to it. And it could be 
20% wine vinegar, or it could be 80% wine vinegar, all within the confines of the consortium. Obviously, one would be better than the other. And that's used as an ingredient or a topping or finishing. Um, the last group we call other, which is more accurately defined, a term I saw recently called balsamic inspired uh, by Sirius Eats I found online. These are glazes, white balsamic vinegar, flavored vinegars, or other items that are most, most likely used as garnishes, flavorings, uh, used in plating. Some of the items are balsamic vinegar made with thickeners or gums or other flavorings, fig, strawberry. Essentially a way to give consistency to an uh, inexpensive balsamic so it can be used in the same way for uh, plating or as a drizzle or as a finishing sauce. Yeah, I commonly use it for decorative plating. Some people use them to make glazes. And thanks for sharing that. You know, I think that's really pretty educational, you know, regarding all four of these categories. We've thrown a couple of price points out here too. I was wondering if we can kind of define each of these categories, maybe a little bit more by those price ranges. Uh, are the individual categories seeing such a wide price variation from three to 3,000 or are they more, you know, stratified depending on the category? Well, our traditionals have a retail price from uh, 100 to the high 200s. That's in a 100 milliliter glass jar. So a very small item, um, maximum price is about $200. Uh, that's for our product from um, a Massimo Batura brand, which you know is the one of the top chefs in the world. And he has, he works with a producer to make it for his characteristics. That's our most high priced item. Our condiment level, ranged from a low of nine to about uh, $40. In our balsamic vinegar of Modena category, we have a range of our vinegars on a retail price that range from 12 to up to $50. And taking a look at some of these different, you know, product ranges and taking a look at some of the ones offered by your company, what are some of your favorites? And, you know, maybe we can use this as an opportunity to talk about, you know, some of the highest quality ones, but maybe some of the more interesting ones, maybe ones with interesting family stories. What would you say about that? Well, our top three traditional balsamic vinegars are from uh, Kavali, which is um, Reggio Emilia uh, based and, and two others from Modena, uh, Del Cristo and Villa Monadori. Villa Monadori actually from the chef, uh, top chef in the world. And I use those um, periodically, but they're very expensive items, even for me who worked here, but it's great for finishing and for a special occasion. So I'll tend to use that, um, you know, very, very um, special situations only. Uh, we have both a condiment quality and I shouldn't call it quality, quality uh, condiment category item from Cavalli that's aged five years. And it uh, viscosity is very similar to a traditional, a little bit, little bit lighter. And uh, this week I'm using that at home and I use it for finishing. I'll use it on the fresh tomatoes that are in season now. Uh, I'll tend to use it in a marinated, but uh, it's a little expensive to use in that. And very close to that, I'll use the Villa Monadori Artigianale, 
it's a balsamic vinegar mauna and actually our best-selling item for uh, both the quality and versatility. It can be used as a substitute for traditional uh, due to its viscosity and, and high quality. Uh, and it will take the heat so it doesn't get ruined when it's used uh, in cooking. And I use it almost everywhere in sweet and savory. And we have some more moderately priced balsamic vinegars of Modena, and we have our own private label balsamic vinegar of Modena. So depending on what I'm doing, I'll use a variety of the categories throughout the week. You know, before you know it, it will be the holiday season. And to me, a lot of these products seem like they could be excellent gifts. So I'm wondering if you could speak to that as well, especially for people that maybe, uh, you know, within the last couple of years, because of the pandemic, everything started to learn to cook at home or starting to elevate their own culinary, you know, ability. What would you say about that and how these products can kind of fulfill that aspect? Well, the traditional balsamic vinegars are beautiful presentations in their, in their, there are only two, two types of bottles that they're allowed to use per the consortium. It's a wonderful gift item. I've done that in the past and um, it's just a wonderful gifting item. Our sales on that go way up uh, during the fourth quarter of the year. Um, some of the other ones that uh, I use, like the Villa Manadori Artigianale and the Cavalli uh, Reserva Nando, um, those are wonderful to use, a little less costly. They're in the high 40s uh, on a retail basis and um, never had a complaint when I've given that, you know, as a, as a gift to anybody. Um, but, you know, if you combine a balsamic vinegar or a, a traditional balsamic vinegar or a condiment with a nice bottle of olive oil. They're, they're wonderful gifts, gifts people will enjoy throughout the, uh, the whole part of the beginning of the year. So we've talked a lot, Steve, about all these different categories, but I was hoping we could talk a little bit more about the naming conventions and some of the consortiums that kind of control the quality and output of these different products from different parts of Italy. So could you share a little bit about that? Most of the categories that I've mentioned, traditional balsamic vinegar, balsamic vinegar of Modena, uh, condiment, and then the last quality uh, category, which are the glazes. Uh, those are, two of those are controlled by consortiums in Italy, the traditional balsamic vinegar and balsamic vinegar of Modena. And you can't mess with that. Those are names that are... Um, you know, uh, by law have to be used in Italy. Now we'll see balsamic vinegars from other countries that come to the market, but they are not the true balsamics in the terms that I've mentioned according to their consortiums. So there is a lot of confusion on it. And, the, and as I said, the biggest is traditional balsamic vinegar of Modena because there are excellent items and they're very low quality items. Um, um, my background is mostly gained from the day we bought this company, Adelina bought the Medici Imports. Uh, I started to read on the items and I thought it was going to be an easy category because there were only five or six brands and I wasn't 25 different olive oils. And it turns out it's probably the most complex and most misunderstood. And the more I study and I continue to do it, the more I'm overwhelmed by uh, the misinformation there is or uh, how fine uh, and how dedicated the producers are to, to making their products the best that they can for the markets. 
So it's it's really uh, uh, amazing category. Yeah, it really strikes me because, you know, you think about certain products. Wine is probably a good example where even if you're not into wine, you know that there is a very, you know, distinguished and, you know, a lot of different avenues you can go down that, but, you know, definitely a lot of different places for you to find high quality wines. But I don't think the typical consumer thinks balsamic vinegar or balsamic and thinks that there's all of this pedigree behind it. Um, you know, they're just used to going to the supermarket and seeing it for the most part. So really interesting to hear about this. And I was hoping you could tell us a little bit more maybe about the the production process, um, you know, how much goes into it and just how crazy this market really seems to me, because, you know, like I said, I think a lot of consumers look at this and they don't see, wow, that, that there's, you know, a couple hundred dollar bottles worth of balsamic vinegar out there. It's not something that they may be, you know, exposed to all the time. So they might not even know that there is this hierarchy out there. Well, traditional balsamic vinegar, their categories are a minimum of 12 years aged and over 25 years aged. So from the time you get it in a store, you have to realize that this was probably started uh, 15 years ago. And uh, other than a half a day boiling grape must down to get the thick syrup and waiting for that to change to a vinegar and then to be aged in a series of battles, bar uh, barrels uh, one year to the next over 12 year period, uh, it, it takes a lot of time and a lot of dedication. And sometimes after 12 years, the quality of the product is not acceptable to the, uh, to the consortiums. And sometimes it can't be used. So it, it's pretty incredible when you think about what has to go through it. The traditional ones are aged in rooms that are not conditioned. So they have extremely hot summer conditions they go through, very cold conditions in the winter and uh, the tops of the barrels are open and um, there's evaporation, there's cold, there's hot. And all of those, including the kinds of woods that are used, um, will create the flavor profile that that particular producer wants. So uh, one of our producers, um, you know, he has a flavor profile for every kind of wood that he uses. So he says for chestnut, it gives him uh, color and helps the acidification process. Oak is strong, gives him a vanilla flavor. Cherry gives him a sweet and mellow cherry flavor. Mulberry gives him heat and harmony. Juniper is strong aroma of resinous woods. So you can imagine what each producer goes through to create the finished product that he wants and therefore, you know, it's $100, it's a $200 bottle. Now, these are very special bottles and the other categories are much more affordable and that's why there's so many on the market. And it's a near close flavor uh, to the traditional ones and not quite the same and not used in the same way, but there's a lot to it. And some people in a period of 30 days can produce a product that's as thin as water and has a flavor profile that's extremely minor and very unrewarding. And why would you want to have an unrewarding flavor because of a couple of dollars? And I think that kind of brings us back to the consortiums and the protection of the quality of these products too, right, Steve? Well, the consortium was really created to uh, promote balsamic vinegars. 
whether whatever category it was, and their category is is the Basamic Vineyard of, of Modna, and their bylaws are they want to make sure people are producing it within certain confines to come up with some reasonable product. But if you have um, in your law that you can use 80% red wine vinegar and 20% balsamic vinegar or the grape must, you're going to get a flavor that's more of a wineish taste than you are of, of a balsamic vinegar. But for them, that's the rules that they live by from that association. They are not traditional balsamic vinegar producers. And therefore, within that group, you know, they're just trying to project, protect in Italy, that kind of a product. So, you know, they, the raw materials are defined. Um, they were founded in, in early 1990s. In 2009 is when the group got the PGI, the protected geographic indication. And, the, you know, it's, it's a problematic when some producers within the confines of their, of their laws can put 80% red wine vinegar in a cooked grape must and age it for 30 days. You know, you, you get that product, but they want to protect that person as well as the one who's like a Villa Montadori is doing it, uh, aging it for eight years and putting mostly uh, the true balsamic, uh, you know, component in it. And Steve, do you have any closing thoughts on all of these different categories, all these different types of balsamic vinegar? Yeah, and I want to know, to let everyone know that Every category is needed. And I didn't used to think that when I first started to study it from listening to Cavalli and the former owner of our company about, you know, the purists. But there is a place for every one of those categories. And, and you know, we bought the company in 2007. I said, there's not a place for all those. We shouldn't have these. But I use them all. And I use a glaze that may cost a couple of dollars to plate. And I use a balsamic vinegar of Mona that, you know, is just a higher quality within the confines of, of that group. I use condiments because some condiments are wonderful. Usually they're produced by traditional producers, but some people produce con condiments and they add other flavorings to it and they still call it a condiment. So to the consumer, when you, you know, if every item was on a store, we have like 30 or 40 SKUs, I believe. No one would really know, and the the knowledge that's needed to that is sometimes clouded by by the you know by the protected by the PGIs or by the consortium labels, and you really need to know. Yeah, and I think that's a good place to go, Steve. You know, if people want to learn more about these products, considering there seems to be a ton of different ones that you can kind of go into. Where where should they go? Well, they can contact anybody here at the Medici, uh, you know, or at Atlanta, and they'll refer you to all the people who know this information. You know, I'm a victim of learning too much because when someone asks me a question, I really have to tell them the beginning of where a product came from so they know what they should expect. You know, and everybody wants to be like a traditional balsamic vinegar, and they can't. And if they could, you couldn't afford it. And these other categories allow them to have, you know, this product and this flavor. And there's good and there's bad in all of them. You know, we'd like to think that in all of our brands, we have the best, you know, and uh, 
we can help you select whether you come to our brand or you go to another brand. All right. Awesome. Uh, Steve, I want to thank you for spending some time today on Meet the Maker. Uh, you know, like I said, you really are a treasure trove of information on this. When we had a chance to talk about it at Summer Fancy Food Show, I was mesmerized going through these with you and all the different products that are available, you know, and just the lineage of a lot of them. So, you know, really cool to be able to talk to you about this today. Well, thank you very much. Everything we have is a treasure. And that's going to do it for this episode of Meet the Maker. I want to thank Steve again for spending some time with us today. If you'd like to learn anything else about the balsamic vinegars and de' Medici and Atalanta's portfolios, take a look at the links in the descriptions below. We'll catch you next time. This is Chris Campbell, signing off. Mm -hmm.